how will I know if I'm enough? Like, how will I know if, if I'm good enough for this? Uh, how will I know if that gold medal is going to be what I need? And the coach just turns around. Do you remember this, this scene where he goes, when you cross the finish line, you'll know. But if you're not enough without it, then you're never going to be enough with it. And that goes so much for business that, yeah, time, money, freedom, all those things are amazing things and they're, they're wonderful resources, but they're only resources. And if you're not happy and content and fulfilled without those things, then no amount of them is going to make you that way. Hello and welcome to the Purpose Driven Leaders podcast. I am Kelly Cazares, founder of Iconic Women, Women's Leadership Expert and Growth Catalyst. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you break through to your next level of leadership and lead with more confidence, purpose, and fulfillment. We don't wait for people to tell us how to lead. We power up and serve with the gifts that we have been given. Now, it's time to unapologetically own the leader that you are, be the person to fulfill your mission and unlock your brilliance. Are you with me? Here we go. Now, my guest for today, Chris Richards, is absolutely incredible, and I'm so excited for this episode. Now, Chris is one of the leading performance and leadership experts in the UK. His work with corporate executives and millionaire business owners has not only created exponential revenue increases, but has improved the morale and well-being of people around the world in demanding and high-pressure roles, both employed and self-employed. Chris effortlessly blends subject matter from executive coaching, cognitive behavior therapy, somatic healing, hypnotherapy, and various others to provide simple, effective, and practical guidance and support, combating problems with productivity, focus, communication, self-sabotage, perfectionism, procrastination, and much more. After a 15-year military career and five years in transformational business development, Chris is considered one of the go-to experts and secret weapons of many six- and seven-figure business owners and executives who understand that the greatest vulnerability in any company is the leadership, communication, and culture. All of this is why his mission is to create the most powerfully confident, connected, and effective leaders is one that most can easily get left behind. Now, let's welcome Chris to Purpose Driven Leaders. Chris, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on Purpose Driven Leaders today. Hi, Kelly. Thanks very much for having me. Really appreciate it. Anytime. I've had you in mind to come on and share your magic for a while and I think everybody here that that listens to Purpose Driven Leaders and and people who are going to listen to this episode this is just something that I think everybody needs it's the foundation of leadership and and it's it's all all of us as a person all rolled into one and, and where everything starts so I would love for you to share, Chris, to tell us about you and tell us about your story and how you came about what, what you do. Oh, well, thanks. Well, like I say, Kelly, thank you so much for having me on. I uh, really appreciate it. So a little bit about me. Right now, I'm, I'll start with present and work backwards, I guess. Awesome. Um, I am a, a performance-driven coach for um six and seven figure business owners and executives. Uh, I started out actually in the military. Uh, I spent 15 years um, in the military police where I got very quickly headhunted into the military intelligence uh, wing, uh, becoming an expert in human behavior and communications and things like that. Um, following that career, I'm obviously speeding through this because I I want to kind of I want to get to the meat. From <laughs> um, uh, from that, I I left there to become go into project management and then corporate leadership, corporate management for FTSE 100 uh, companies. From there, I was doing event management with people like Les Brown. Uh, those in the US will definitely know who that is. Uh, yeah. One of the highest motivational speakers in the world. Yes. Um, doing in, uh, events with him um, and various others all, all across the world. 
Uh, I have invested in businesses. It, you know, it took me a while to find my thing. Um, yeah. I even did, you know, I even did uh, an Amazon dropshipping company for a bit of time. <laughs> that was that was quite fun. Can um, I until something? eventually I found my calling. Sorry. I, can I share something funny? I think. Yeah, go. I, I think I've done on my journey one day an Amazon dropshipping business as well. Somewhere along the lines, I think I started something similar. Yeah, I mean, it's it was good for uh, it gives you a great insight into things like basics of marketing and social psychology on uh, buying behavior um, and copywriting. So it wasn't a loss. It was just um, it wasn't my passion. You know, it's very, very difficult. And I can say it now, <laughs> not even with a straight face. Um, it, it's quite difficult to get yourself really passionate and uh, and, and have a life mission selling swimming goggles. Uh, it's not really, it's not really. It's like, God, I, I can't wait to block the water from someone's eye. Um, it's like, no, that's really not what you know, lights me up at, uh, in, in the morning. So anyway, I, I put that aside. I started to do more coaching, which got back to my grassroots of understanding uh, why we do what we do, uh, which I've always been obsessed with. Um, yeah. I've always with why why can two people have the same parents and then go out into the world and one of them become um a, a, a kind of you know eating off benefits and all the rest of that kind of like really throw their life away yes um, i know not everyone on benefits is, is that way inclined some of them just very very unfortunate um mm -hmm. so that's not a death. Uh, and but others will become like multimillionaires and and fully not just rich, but rich in life where they are happy and content and they wake up with fulfillment and they're inspiring those people around them. It's like, why, why do those two go in such different directions? I became obsessed with that. Mm. Um, and so I've studied uh, leaders from all over the world. I've studied leadership in various forms from everything from more pragmatic um, neuroscience all the way through to what some people consider woo-woo. Mm. Um, uh, you know all, all these different areas and, and, and energies and how we show up as a person um, and how it all comes together so yeah I mean fast forward to today and and you know I'm working with six and seven figure people who are, are who are killing it in business and the thing that really breaks my heart is that so, a lot of these people are um, going after the time the freedom the money mm. and then when they achieve it they're unhappy uh, and it's only at that point, I did a post fairly recently on social media, and it's only at that point where they sit back and go, well, damn, that wasn't it. Mm. I thought that was going to be, I thought if I had loads of time freedom um, and, and the money to, to, to do what I wanted, I thought that was going to make me happy and content. Mm. Now, some people listening to this would be like, what? That's my mission now. So you're telling me that's the wrong direction? Oh, and I and the thing is, it's not the wrong direction, um, but it's the mentality of, have you ever seen the movie Cool Runnings? I have. That's, that's, the, a, the, that's the, a gold movie, that one. Oh, yeah. The Jamaican Bob said too. Yes. Uh, amazing movie. Um, well, he's talking, the driver is talking to the coach and he's like, uh, how, how will I know if I'm enough? Like, how will I know if, if I'm good enough for this? Uh, how will I know if that gold medal is going to be what I need? Mm. and the coach just turns around do you remember this this scene where he goes um when you cross the finish line you'll know but if you're not enough without it then you're never going to be enough with it yes and and that goes so much for business that yeah time money freedom all those things are amazing things and they're they're wonderful resources um but they're only resources and if you're not happy and content and fulfilled without those things then no amount of them is going to make you that that way. Yes. Uh, so th that's that's part of my mission is to uh, spread the good word and help people get the best of both. Because uh, I do believe you can have your cake and eat it. You can have both. Yes. Uh, in fact, you should have both. If you've worked that hard to get time, money, and freedom, you should feel happy. It's, it's you're deserving of it, definitely. Mm. And if you hear a really, really important word that comes up a lot in my client conversations, Chris, and I'm sure it does with yours because it, it's almost the, the cornerstone of what you do, of what you're saying as well. 
the F word and it's not the one, it's not <laughs> a specific F word. That gets said in business a lot too. Like. It does, it does. Um, <laughs> and the, the word is fulfillment. And I just, I would love for you to share your thoughts on fulfillment and, and what you see are the biggest struggles that, that people go through and, and women and men, I, I, I do see them going through similar problems when it comes to finding fulfillment and understanding about what that actually means for them. So are you able to touch on that for us? Yeah, of course. Um, fulfillment. It, the biggest struggle that I tend to see repeated is people who, as I said before, I touched on before going over, uh, who chase the money, who chase the dream and who chase the, unfortunately a lot of people get into coaching and business or, or whatever, almost to take the emphasis off of themselves mm. where they have a deep belief, whether they realize it or not. A lot of people are, I don't even realize they have this going on, but they feel like if I help so many people, if I can prove that I am amazing at helping people, if I can do this, then I'll be enough. Mm. And that is such a corrosive and toxic uh, belief to be hiding in your subconscious. Mm. Because I mean, if you have a belief, then external factor is going to bring you feelings of worth. Mm. Um, it's, it's, I've, I've spoken to um, uh, various millionaires even this week, this month. And the thing that comes up so often is the idea that value equals worth. Yes. The idea that I am worthy as much as I am valuable, mm. which is really awful when you hear some people's backstories and you hear how even their parents didn't, allow them to feel worthy um of being loved of being wanted mm. um, or they went to school and, and and a likewise type behavior uh, began so they develop this idea that if i'm more valuable then i'll be more wanted and the fear that it's directly attached to that need is is the opposite flip so you can always see the fear by seeing the need so if the need is I need to feel wanted, I need to be wanted, I need people to be inspired by me um, because that would make me valuable and enough and all these different words. Then the opposite flip side of that is the fear. If I mess this up, I will be unwanted. Uh, if I let people down, I will be cast away. Um, I, I will be proven worse or the worst, absolute worst one is this will prove once and for all that I was never meant to be wanted. Mm. Now that's one that cuts a lot of people with sometimes without realizing it. Wow. Um, if I mess this up and when you, you, sometimes you only get it when you're really digging into somebody and, and, and helping them see underneath all the layers of, of self-protection that they've built up over the years. Yes. And there's this idea that if I reach out to this business, if I reach out to that person, if I re if I do this thing, and I get rejected or it fails, which I think the fear of rejection, fear of failure is complete rubbish. Mm. Um, so many people cling onto those two, but we'll get back to that. Okay. Perfect. Um, yeah, make, make a note so we can get back to it. <laughs> Please. Um, but people have this thing where it's like, if, if I get that external thing, that will prove this internal thing. Yes. And what people don't realize, and this might um, get, this might take a little bit for some people to take on is that you haven't got a clue what it feels like to not be worthy. Mm. Let me just say that a slightly different way. Okay. You know what it's like to, for people to think you're not worthy. That's fine. You know what it's like to feel like you're not a value as in you, you don't have something in, you know, that you can bring to the table. Yeah, no doubt. Everybody's got that. But you have not lived a single moment of your life where you are not deserving of love and affection. Mm. And because we don't have that, I tr like 
it's such an idea to get your head around. You have no idea what it's like to not be worthy. You know, you may know what it's like to not feel worthy. That's something different. But you don't know what it's like to not be worthy because you've never been unworthy in your life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and because people don't have the context, as you grow up, you start thinking, well, how do I measure my worthiness? Yeah. No one ever like taps you on the shoulder and says, um, it's maxed out and it will never go down no matter what you do. Mm. Like no matter what you do, in fact, the people who are hurt the most and who are others usually need the most love. Like it never goes down. You need love, affection, and someone to hold that space for you to realize it's like, damn, this, I actually deserve this. Like, yeah. and, and that's tough. When you're told that you have to be of value in order to deserve something, as we live in this transactional world, mm. you know, if I give you X, you give me Y. That's how a lot of transactions work. Mm. So we start thinking in terms of that for love and affection. Well, I have to give you something in order for you to give me something. I have to be of value to you for you to show me love. Mm. and that is the beginnings of some of the worst toxic relationships that i've ever seen yes because like i said if somebody has a need um it controls the fear it creates the fear and with that fear and that need that person owns you that person controls you all they have to do is prove that they are the one Mm. um who can give that to you and you'll do anything for it yes because people want to feel complete and the the tragedy is that too many people believe that it's an external thing that's going to make them feel complete and it's not never is and i I think it's such a important piece to the leadership puzzle isn't it the the fear of failure and that that fear of unworthiness i I see come up in clients it's huge it's It's huge but but a lot of people cling on to this. Oh, I've got fear of failure. I've got fear of rejection. Mm. One of the biggest things in my work is you, you very quickly realize, I mean, I have to be an idiot to, to not notice this because uh, I see it so often. But so many people will cling on to, um, oh, I, you know, what's, what do you think is holding you back? Oh, it's a fear of failure. Mm. Oh, it's a fear of rejection. Well, there's a bit of an inside joke between me and, and other psychologists and, and, and mindset experts. Yes. Um, the first answer you get is usually going to be crap. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's usually going to be some kind of red herring that your mind gives you to make sure you don't keep digging. Yes. Yes. I've experienced that. I have too. I have. Yeah. Well, My- it's most commonly actually seen when people say the words, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why do you think it's causing it? Oh, I, I don't know. Like, oh, okay. So you don't want to think about it anymore because that's all i don't know means never in the history of the world has i don't know meant i don't have any answer of any kind yes never in fact if you if i every single time without fail never failed every time someone has said to me i don't know what's causing this and i said okay well i'm not gonna like if you did know or anything like that but have a have a few guesses like if this was happening to somebody else what would you think might be the reason yeah and they're like no, I, like, if, as long as it's on them, they're like, no, I have no idea. I don't know. I no idea. Blah, blah, blah. And as soon as you make it about someone else and, that, and they stop internalizing it as, as a piece of them, mm. the mind can't defend against it anymore. Mm. And so they're like, oh, well, if this was happening to a friend of mine, I, I might suggest that, oh, I don't know. I, 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 guess, I guess maybe they, did, they didn't feel like it would be successful. Yeah. Ah, okay. And and what might happen? What would that mean to them? Um, and what might happen as a consequence if it's not successful? Now, this is a fear of failure, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's just the first layer. That's yeah. not. That's not it. That's never it. The fear of failure, and fear of rejection, is not it. It's not it. I said a million times, I'm blue in the face. <laughs> fear of failure and fear of rejection are not it. It's, it's just the layer of protection it is. Of, for it. It is. I. I've had some clients that have, that have struggled to lead at the absolute capacity that they've really wanted to and uh, going into, I guess, domain where they haven't been before or they maybe don't want to go 
as well around is is scary especially well it's going to be a natural fear i mean we're we're, we're pre-programmed to fear the unknown yeah yeah. and and i've got so many people and in fact online i was chatting to somebody um they they put up a post saying if i was without fear uh, you know if if you could live uh, a year without fears um what would that mean and me being me, I, I said it would probably mean you have a serious neurological condition and you should have yourself checked out yeah. because nobody is without fear unless they have a neurological condition. Yes. The idea is not to be without fear. The idea is to be with fear and to have a relationship with it, to understand that fear and all the negative emotions, every single negative emotion you have ever felt, every single one has been designed by your body or by high power, depending on your beliefs, yeah, has been designed to benefit you in some way. And that's a tough one. So it's like, oh, I've got imposter syndrome. My first question is, okay, well, how does that benefit you? And they're like, well, it doesn't. It doesn't benefit me. Of course it does. <laughs> Ridiculous. Of course it benefits you. If it didn't benefit you, it's like setting your coat on fire. Yeah. Um, you're going <laughs> your coat on. Like, you don't be like, mm, this is bringing me so much warmth. Uh, um, you're going to take off your coat because that's going to burn you and there'll be no upside. Yes. Um, so every negative feeling you have is a positive. Um, even you know, jealousy, envy. Mm-hmm. Envy is a great way of knowing what it is your subconscious would really like. Yeah. Um, jealousy is a great way of knowing um, a, a great thread to pull on to find your insecurities. Um, or potentially it's a subconscious letting you know that actually the person isn't to be trusted. Mm-hmm. So either way, you're going to find out something. Um, Interesting. You know, uh, anger. Anger is, a, is, a, is the perfect mechanism to feel instantly powerful and certain on demand. Now, whether you're right or not is another question, but mm. to get angry is to, to uh, solidify your blueprint of what should and shouldn't happen. Yes. Sadness is always a show of a failure or a loss. So if you're feeling sad, you're like, I'm feeling sad, I don't know why. And the worst one I've seen of this is that people who feel ashamed of that emotion, of the thing they're feeling. Yes. Now that's that's terrible because what that does is um I feel sad. I shouldn't feel sad because strong women or strong men don't feel sad. Like that's a blueprint idea. Mm-hmm. Which is complete rubbish. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm, once you do all the work, the idea is to get the full spectrum of emotion so you can get all the input. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you mentioned something, uh, two things of, that I really want to dive into. Well, one, yeah. imposter syndrome. We'll come back to that in a minute because we, yep. I, I work with a lot of women on, and men actually on imposter syndrome. And you mentioned as well, the, the emotion. So when we mm-hmm. when we look at these two these two pieces of parts, I think that are really important. And I know you're going to agree with this in in leadership. Mm-hmm. So we've got one that the emotional piece, and as you mentioned, going through what those emotions might mean. There can be a stigma in business that you cannot get emotional in the workplace. That it's not the right place to to feel emotions, to show emotions, that everybody must be, you know, this perfect person without emotion, right? Mm. And But then on the other side, there's a whole context around vulnerability and how it's really important to be vulnerable and in leadership. I, I, think, I think that's what I love about uh, modern business because the businesses that are really flourishing now in this day and age, um, and you can blame this on millennials or whatever, but... The the businesses that are really flourishing are the ones that are, how do you say, less conservative, I guess. Yes. Where the old way of doing business is everybody wearing a necktie, straight mm-hmm. lace, no one, everyone's a robot. Mm-hmm. Whereas the modern business trans, through transformational leadership um, is about sitting them down and saying, okay, well, what's motivating you right now? What's yes. inspiring you right now? What's getting in the way of your... Uh, of your action taking and the same thing i do with one-to-one clients mm. is like nine times out of ten the problem isn't a lack of motivation or drive yeah nine times out of ten even if they think even if they feel or think it is nine times out of ten the problem is the resistance is the friction is the obstacles the barriers in the way and 
if there is shame attached, that just makes it harder to see. But emotions are wonderful. Emotions, just like you're not your thoughts, mm. just like you can have a thought, doesn't make it true. It just yeah. means that your subconscious has highlighted it to you. That's it. So you've had a thought. It's a in the brain. That's it. Emotions are the same thing. Emotions aren't the thing. And I think people get wrapped up so much in, oh, I'm just feeling this. I'm feeling that. All right, fine. But why are you feeling that? Mm. And they don't ask that question. No, it's like ask, ask the question why are you feeling sad yeah um uh, i don't know i just feel a bit down recently okay well sadness is going to be a failure or a loss so um understand it's also a perceived failure or loss it doesn't mean you have actually failed it doesn't mean you've actually lost something but if your mind on a subconscious level just to uh, do a quick break from this the subconscious uh, and the conscious mind um their capacity for how fast they processing speed do you know the difference no please share the con the conscious mind can do roughly 2000 um like sparks in your mind if you like every second wow that wow. that you're conscious of that's not the wow mm. and people are like and this is why i love people who say that they're woke and really conscious okay. um would you? <laughs> I don't mean that derogatively. Yeah, I'm just mean, podcast episode on that. <laughs> yeah, you'll 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 get you'll you'll realize why in a second uh, why that makes yeah. me laugh. Because consciously, you've only got two thousand. I say only. How much processing speed per second? How many of those little you know ones and zeros do you think are being processed by your subconscious mind every second? What do you reckon that is? Out of the two thousand. It no no consciously oh. you're aware of 2000 how many do you think you're unconscious of that just happen without you knowing ah oh, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it's around 50000 38 quadrillion okay yeah i was a bit off <laughs> <laughs> pretty much everybody is this is not wow. an iceberg effect you see this all the time uh, represented by an iceberg where the bits above the water and then you've got oh. the big iceberg underneath this is so much different from that. Oh, wow. This would be, in kilometers, this would be the difference. Let me put that into real perspective. This is the difference in kilometers. If we were to say 2,000 kilometers from London to Sicily, to the, the end of Italy's boot, right? Yeah. That's around, around about 2,000 kilometers. Or um, I, I did have a US version. It's in my ebook. Um, uh, where I've got other different examples. Yeah. But 2,000 kilometers. If I were to try to explain 38 quadrillion kilometers, that would be to leave the Earth and travel to Alpha Centauri at the speed of light, which I believe is 300,000 kilometers every second. Wow. And you'd have to travel for four human years. <laughs> at the speed of light for four years oh wow that's the difference between london to italy to here from here to alpha centauri that's the difference and at every moment of every day your subconscious is asking itself one question what should i make kelly aware of mm. and this is why whatever you focus on tends to grow if you're focused on the negative aspects of yourself you will find more than enough but likewise, if you focus on the resources that you have available to you, you will have more than enough. And this is what so many people don't get. They, they're so, because you're also biologically wired to see the threat first. Yeah. Um, if, I, if I put you in a room right now and either put the things in that you really want or a symbol of the thing. So, you know, I couldn't put a cruise ship in your room, but I could put two tickets on a cruise ship, something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, two tickets on first class um, or whatever, right? I could do uh, a family holiday. Let's say I put all that in the room with you right now. Okay. With a hungry tiger. <laughs> How much focus do you believe you're going to be able to keep on the cruise ship tickets? Yes, I can see where you're going. <laughs> yeah. The mind is biologically wired to seek out the threat first because if you don't deal with the threat, you can't have the good stuff. Yes. 
Whereas no amount of good stuff is going to out, outdo the threat, mm. which is why people try to tackle their fear of failure and fear of rejection. Like I said, it's not a thing. Um, it's really the consequence of those things. Yeah. Um, which is the, it will prove that I'm not worthy. It will prove that I'm not lovable. It will prove that I'm not enough. It will prove blah, blah, blah. That's usually what's underneath fear of failure and fear of rejection. Yeah. Um, but the idea is if you don't deal with that tiger, it doesn't matter if I have got a briefcase full of cash in the room as well, you won't live to spend it. Mm-hmm. You've got to deal with the threat first. And so this is why when people go introspective and they yeah. start asking themselves inner questions about themselves, they'll tend to find negative first. Yeah. Now the key is not to get wrapped up in that because I promise you there's, there's way more than the negative. You just ha- but if you're too ashamed of the negative aspects of you, if you, if uh, I see so many people brandishing perfect, I'm a perfectionist as if it's a, a bad brand of honor. Mm. It's like, no, you're just afraid of, of having flaws and imperfections and what that might say about you. It's yeah. okay to be flawed. In fact, it's normal to be flawed. Yeah. And if you think it's not normal, it's normal, not hang on now, I'm just, I know. I hear you. If, if you think <laughs> it's normal, if you think it's normal to be perfect, and you're trying to strive for that, like as yeah. if everybody's perfect and you're the odd one out. Yes. You're always going to be held back. Always. And because and your mentality will always be, if I do this, it might prove that I have flaws and I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And the shame will hide the very thing that could actually give you everything you want in life. And Chris, so that... Definitely never, never be ashamed of your thoughts or feelings, ever. Oh, and and I, I think you've, you've made that such an important piece of this this interview because I think especially women and some of the women that I work with and that I come across and and men as well you would see that it it's so common and it's the the whole piece of I I guess this wanting to to be not so much perfect in other people's eyes wanting to be the best that you can be sometimes puts a veil over what you need to work on and it's almost push to the side in order to step into that leadership that you think you need to be while just mm. discounting all of the things that are brewing underneath, right? It's, it's a strange paradox that yeah. I, as well as saying everybody's flawed, I am on the bandwagon that you should always be constantly improving yourself because mm-hmm. that's one of the areas, uh, one of the ways that we find fulfillment. Yes. Yes. Um, pardon me. Um, yeah. So, the difference is what I call gap mentality. Um, and when, what I mean by that is whenever somebody focuses too much on their future version of themselves mm. without being okay that their current version is flawed. Brilliant. Without being okay that even that future version is going to be flawed. Without being okay that it's going to be a journey that will cost you mistakes, mm. that will cost you friends, will, will cost you relationships. It's going to be like, you've got to be willing to, to take on quite a lot as, a, as an entrepreneurial business owner. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you're not, then may, you know, it's, it, maybe it's not for you because this is a, this is a, a mentality, a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. This is not a do X, Y, and Z and you'll have everything you ever dreamed of. That's not how it works. Yeah. You have to be willing. It's like the, that wonderful scene in, in one of the Rocky mu- movies where he's explaining to his son, um, it's like, you've got to be willing to take the hits. Yeah. You just keep moving forward. You don't go forward without being hit. The idea isn't to be without fear. The idea isn't to be without pain. The idea isn't to be without imperfection. The idea is to keep moving forward, even with those things, especially with those things. Yes. Fear itself is not a negative thing. Fear Mm. is keeping you alive. Yes. But your relationship with fear may be toxic. Mm. Um, and and that let me explain that point because some people will immediately take that the wrong way. Okay, I didn't. The, <laughs> when, when, no, no. When, when I say that your relationship with fear may be toxic, I don't mean that fear is the toxic side of it. Yeah, I'm saying that you might be. Yes. Because if you have a belief that fear should be locked in the attic or locked in the basement and not dealt with and not looked at and ignored and neglected and suppressed rather than say, oh, I see you're like, it's a, it's a risk advisor and a business 
Mm. You wouldn't lock the risk advisor out of a boardroom meeting because they, they, they're always too negative. Like, yeah. you wouldn't do that. You'd be like, come in, tell us what it is so we can deal with it. Yes. Uh, and that's the difference. You're either blocking out the fear because you're, you're um, ashamed of your fear mm. or you're inviting it in to say, okay, I can hear you. I, I realize what you're trying to do. You're trying to protect me. You're not trying to hurt me. You're not trying to kill my dreams. You're just trying to look after me. So yeah. tell me what it is that you're protecting me from. Yeah. And it's really funny that when people have the uh, ability to ask those questions of their emotions and, and hear the response back, do they end up getting things like, if you do this, then people will say no to you. You say, okay, well, how do we mitigate that risk? We mitigate yeah. the risk by making more offers and, and researching who we reach out to. Mm. And when they do say no, we understand that many will say no, and we only actually need five to say yes or yeah. 10 or 15 or whatever it is. We only need this many number to say yes. So quite frankly, we can ask a thousand and have, you know, 990 say no. Yeah. We just need those 10 to say yes. Yeah. It's the same mentality when people are searching for a job. It doesn't matter how many people send your CV back and say, sorry, but no thanks. We found someone better. Mm. It doesn't mean that you weren't good. It doesn't mean that you weren't great and you don't have massive potential. It just means that they believe that they found someone better. They yeah. may be proven wrong in the, in the weeks or months to come because some people interview very, very well, uh, but they can't perform. Um, but the difficulty is that so many people take everything personally and it's because going right back to the beginning point, they believe that the external factors are a measurement of their internal worth. Yes. The moment you get over that single thing, you will implement more and you'll be implementing way more effectively than most other people on the planet. Mm. Because the vast majority, it's the thing that once you get this, you're like, oh, it's kind of normal to think like this. <laughs> but no, the vast majority do not think in this way because no. they don't know to ask the questions. Yeah. Yeah. And when you know it becomes part of what you do and who you are, doesn't it? You, you just know. Absolutely. Absolutely. When, when you know this, you can walk into a boardroom and you can, you can reverse engineer the behavioral traits of the other people in there. Yeah. Um, it's like this person is saying this, this, this. Well, all you've got to do is ask yourself, what belief structure would someone need to believe that that was the right thing to say at this point? and you can reverse engineer to go oh you must you must be motivated by this this and this mm. and they're like well yes that, that's the most important thing oh okay i see what you're saying <laughs> like and, and that goes into a whole different corporate communication and culture and things like that but it's, it's so interesting once you understand how the mind works everything becomes almost not predictable because people will always surprise you it's a wonderful thing it is um, but, sorry you go no no please go I was going to say, and I, my clients and people in my community tend to hear me say this often, and this is why your work is so, so important, that not doing the inner work of leadership and mm. working on your mind before trying to implement certain strategies and tactics to, to grow your leadership and grow your business and your team is around um, looking, at, looking at the fact that when you're building a house, you lay the foundation first you don't just start randomly putting up the walls and the roof and and popping the windows in you need to lay the foundation first absolutely Which I, is, I, I love i love i love ripple metaphors yeah um, um and again I, I can't tell you how many um uh multi-six figure seven figure even eight figure business people have come to me yeah and when i'm speaking to them some of them just need a reminder the, you know, the, the, the ship, the, the captain doesn't go down with the ship. Mm. The ship will always follow the captain. Mm. And if the captain is pulling 36-hour work marathons, mm. even if they're enjoying their work, that's going to take a toll on their physical body. Um, and it's going to take a toll on their mindset because tiredness is one of the factors that creates what I call emotional weakness. Mm. Um, that isn't that emotions are weak. It just means that when you're uh, tired or when you're hungry or, or, or stressed, you tend to be a little bit more emotional, a little bit less conscious. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, you know how people get uh, hangry. Well, ah. uh, that, that's the thing. I mean, if your if your body if your body isn't getting the basics of what it needs, it's going to throw a spanner in the works, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, the idea is that if you want to be a truly great leader, it has to start with you, and you have to be the example. And if your example is that of I'm going to try and do 17 different things at once, um, knowing that it's not the most effective method, but I don't know any other. So I'm just going to keep doing this one. Yeah. Um, you know, or, or, you know, I'm going to put on a face because the business is taking off and doing really well, but deep down I'm slowly but surely losing passion and I don't know why. Mm. These are common complaints that the people come to me with that, that yeah. they're like, I feel like a fake. Mm. Um, because like I'm putting out this idea that everyone needs in the culture needs to love the business. Mm. And honestly, like it's, I'm starting to lose it. Yeah. It it really is. But, but what, what that doesn't, what they a lot of the time don't understand is they're not losing the passion. They're gaining the resistance. Mm. Yes. If we, and when you remove the resistance, and you refocus them, the passion magically returns. Well, it never went anywhere. There were always, if I, uh, and I had one, in fact, exactly like this. It took me about 10 seconds to reverse it. Uh, and she basically said, uh, wonderful marketing agency owner, lovely, lovely woman. And she said, I'm starting to lose my passion for the, for the job. And I'm just, I'm trying to inspire my team, but it's really difficult because I know I'm faking it. Yeah. I said, well, okay, what's the problem? I said, well, I feel like I'm losing my passion. I said, okay, great, yeah. What do, you, what do you feel is doing it? What do you think is the resistance that's, that's taking away your passion? She said, well, it's, you know, the fear that it's, my next choice could be the one that destroys the business. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going higher and higher and higher um, in business, and I don't feel like I'm keeping up. Um, I feel like one day I'm going to be the thing that lets the business down. And, 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 and that breaks me to think that that would be the case yeah. after all this hard work. It's very, very common fear, by the way. Uh, I said, okay, well, uh, let me ask you this. If I were to wave my magic wand and remove the fear and give you that certainty that you would not be the thing that breaks this business. And in fact, if we re-empower you, it will reignite the business to go even further, but in a way that you feel like you are growing with it, mm. how would you feel about that? And she immediately perked up. She was like, oh, yeah, of course I'd be passionate then. <laughs> I'm like, right, okay, so the problem isn't your passion. The yeah. problem is your fear. Yeah. Just, the fear is getting the better of you. That's all it is. And, and, it, and it goes back to the idea. Um, in fact, no, I haven't covered this yet. Your yeah. We, we have a, um, a kind of a probability engine in our brain. Yeah. That if I asked you about what's going to happen in the future, we are pre-programmed again to spot patterns. Almost everyone is. Some people are very, very good at it, a lot better than others. But everybody, to a certain extent, is prepared to have patterns. Like if I was stood across from you and I had a tennis ball and I threw it in the air and it was coming towards you, what would you do? Either duck or try and catch it. <laughs> there you go. Ah, but how would you know that that tennis ball was going to arrive where you are? You because you can only perceive time in linear form. And when it's in my hand, it's in my hand. When it's in the air, it's in the air. When it's slightly closer to you, it's slightly closer to you. Your brain figures out the pattern. It's gone from there to there to there to there to there. If this pattern continues, it's going to hit me. Mm. That makes sense? So your brain is always figuring out these patterns. Uh, and this is one of the things that we do subconsciously. Interesting. Now, if we were to put that to somebody's business, let's say, and say, well, if this pattern continues in my business, then what? But you have to understand that your future projection is nothing more than your imagination. Mm. When we think about ourselves in the future, all we're doing is we're imagining through this probability engine. Yeah. And if that didn't blow your mind enough, looking at the past, if you were to think of, think of a moment in your past, you don't have to uh, share it or anything, but think of a moment in your past. Yeah. 
that feels very tangible to you, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's only in your memory. It's long since stopped. Mm. That moment has been and gone. It, it's done. We, we right now are sitting in a podcast interview mm. in this exact moment. Right? Even the beginning of this interview, <laughs> this is really how micro you can get with it. The beginning of this interview has been and gone. Yeah. Yeah. Every second of every moment we are living in not a linear time, but a vertical idea of time where there is no past, there is no future. All we have is our memory and our imagination. Mm. And so when you hear people say, you know, oh, I think this is what's going to happen in my business. What's really happening there is a probability engine is throwing up a hungry tiger, <laughs> throwing up a threat. And the brain is saying, okay, we need to deal with this future tiger. And there's no saying that that tiger is ever going to exist. Yeah. It's an imaginary tiger, isn't it? It's an imaginary <laughs> tiger, right? You are. Um, and, and, and what's to say that we don't have a, a, a future unicorn instead of a tiger? Like, exactly. you don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. All you can do, all you have, and this is said so much, it's almost cliche, but all you have is this present moment. Uh, and what you do in the present moment will ripple on. It yeah. will. Yeah. There will be consequences to actions. There and, and, and not making a choice is a choice. It's not a very good one, but it's a choice. Um, not making a choice, not making a decision and not taking an action is still taking an action. Yes. You're yeah. choosing to not take an action. Well, that's going to cause a ripple. See, so some people, it's, it's so funny that they create the thing that they fear the most. Mm. So I, I'm afraid that when I do make these choices, it's going to, this is one of my favorites. Um, when I make this choice, it's going to not work out. I'm like, okay, well, what would happen if it doesn't work out? The tiger. Um, well, well, yeah, the tiger. It's like, <laughs> if it doesn't work out, it will prove that it was a waste of time. Yeah. And I'm saying, okay, well, what would that mean? It'd be well, it means that I failed because I wasted my time. My time is the most valuable asset I have. Okay, great. What are you doing right now? And she's like, nothing. <laughs> like, so you're wasting time. So you're literally creating the thing that if you took the action, you're afraid might happen. Yeah. One of the biggest things to get over fear is to realize that half the time we're creating the very thing that we're afraid of. Ah, oh, Chris, that's gold. Like every minute <laughs> has been gold and... I think um, we're running out of time, aren't we? Oh, and you know what? I'd love to keep going. I think we're going to have to get you back. <laughs> do another one oh, I'd love that. to go through some, some more things but I'd love for you to share just a couple of things around Chris if you could give one game-changing tip that you have to to leaders who are wanting to level up their their performance if there's one thing that can make the most impact to their leadership right now what would that be what 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 is your favorite most impactful tip that you can share connection connection trust and love yes yeah connection trust and love and within that um awareness and forgiveness mm. to be really aware of yourself to be truly accepting of yourself and to forgive yourself for not being perfect that's amazing um to yeah. connect with who you are as a person yeah and then trust um, in the same way, um, one of my favorite metaphors of all time, and this is going to sound so sappy, but I don't care. That's I love fine. It. Um, the, the, exactly. The, <laughs> the, the, bird, the bird on the branch isn't afraid that the branch is going to break mm. because it can trust in its wings. Yeah. Self-trust is absolutely, especially when everything seems stacked against you, yeah. the ability to get up move forward and take the action that your future self can thank you for mm. um, is absolutely pivotal uh, in any successful business or in any successful life. I love that. It's, it's, it's exactly how I see it. Um, and can I share something with you? I, Please, I, yeah. I, I say to some of my clients that right now that, the action that you're taking to, to move the needle on your leadership, your future self is there in the wings clapping you because you're, you're one step further than where yeah. you were. Like they're, they're clapping. 
Like my, 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 absolutely. My mentality is that you either project and predict your future or you get about making the moves to create it. Yes. If, if you want a future, go out and create it. Um, it. It really is that simple. Oh, Chris, I loved our interview and you provided so much value and wisdom to our listeners. So thank you so much. And I just know that people are going to want to know more about you. So can you share, Chris, how, how our listeners can reach out to connect with you and online and if there's some resources that you can send them to? Absolutely. It'd be my pleasure. Um, so I'm fairly easy to find online. Just search for My Hypno Coach, um, either on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, whatever your platform is, whatever your favorite platform is. Um, or go to myhypnocoach.co.uk and on my website and on my Facebook page, which is Chris, I think it's Chris.Richards01. Um, just go ahead and, and follow me on my, on my profile. I put loads of stuff out there. Um, on the website is an ebook because I don't believe in the old way of marketing, which is, you know, I'll tell you what you need. I'll tell you why you need it, but I'm not going to give you any of the how, um, that's not my idea. Um, my idea is that if you're really truly going to change the world, um, you have to lead with value. And so some of my absolute best advice that's made tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars for my clients and, and anyone who's picked up that book and, and really implemented it. Um, Go to my website, myhypnocoach.co.uk, uh, download the book and go through it because it's got activities and exercises and, and value in there. Uh, really, is the amount of times that people have told me I should be charging for what's in that book is, is unreal. Chris, thank you so much. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. And reach out pleasure to Chris well. if you are really wanting to hone your mindset and, and really dig a lot deeper because that's his brilliance, his magic, his genius zone. I can't, I can't share that enough. <laughs> oh, stop it. Oh, oh, stop. Oh, stop. <laughs> um, so thank you, Chris. And I think we, we're going to have to get you back for another episode in the future. I love it. It's all about evolving and leveling up. That's, that's, that's the game we're in. Thank you. Level up so we can level up the world. <laughs> awesome thanks Chris thank you very much Kelly appreciate it alright thank you for listening to Purpose Driven Leaders now if you know someone that is ready to elevate their leadership please share this episode with them and be sure to head over to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast while you're there if you loved this episode I would be so grateful if you would leave a review and your name will automatically be entered into a draw where each month I will draw one reviewer to win a private coaching call with me. So thank you for listening and remember when you unlock your brilliance, you ignite your impact.